the next time Anthony Becht arrives in Philadelphia and he heads to his hometown. Maybe it was your fault for betting the Eagles. In Delaware County. I don't think so there, Big Shot. Because <laughs> that came from you, 51. Mr. 50 Burger, Mr. Wendy's Hamburger, 50 Burger. Let's go to our friend, Anthony Becht, on the Comcast Business Hotline. Hello, Ant. Just tell me when and where, and I sh- <laughs> shall pick thee up. <laughs> you know, I hate being the guy, you know? it's uh, it's No, you don't. You bad. love it. You know, it's funny. I, I just Googled your name in Uber, and I got this photo that popped up. It looked like your profile pic for, you know, as your, as your driver there, so it was pretty good. <laughs> okay, good. That's good. I, I will... Uh, I'll be picking you up and driving you around to all the relatives' house in Delaware County. I can't wait. I'll be all over (laughs) Drexel Hill, right, all over Upper Darby and Springfield. I'll be ready to go, Ant. We'll have a good time. I'll treat that night as well. (laughs) So tell me, Ant, you called it. You said Tampa would win. I, unfortunately, listened to my partner who thought the Eagles would win 51-17. Tell me... Where other than the obvious, yeah, what, like what do you see from the Eagles? Yeah, I, I thought they really got hammered at the offensive line position. I just thought that, that the Buccaneers' defensive line and the push and uh, you know, just had a lot of success, a lot of hits on on Nick Foles, just kind of disrupted the the kind of the flow with the offense. Uh, you know, you guys made a lot of mistakes, self inflicted mistakes on penalties, and you know, you brought back big plays and. You know, look, I, I was questioned on whether or not, you know, Fitzpatrick could do it in back-to-back games. You know, was it a fluke? But it's it's quite obvious that, you know, and, and we can be real about this, the Buccaneers have some really talented weapons oh, yeah. at the tight end position, at the wide receiver position. And there was there was confusion in my in my eyes when I watched it from, from the secondary on just not with the actual coverage, but just who to lean towards, who, who to take the coverage, you know, what, where the safety should lean. Guys got caught out of place, and Fitzy found that guy. So the, the, whatever receiver was out there kind of doing their thing, he just found the open player, and they made the plays. And, and that was the difference of the game. And that, that's going to be a challenge in, in general. That, that's something that I'm starting to see is, you know, as these weapons and uh, go out there and you start distributing the ball, like you do and hitting some of these big plays, you know, this is what we haven't had down in Tampa uh, for a while now with Jameis is the inconsistency down the field and some of those throws and right, you know, whatever you can say about Fitzy on his age, it's, it's magical, whatever you want to say, you know, he's hot right now and they're going to ride that out. So, you know, I just feel like the offensive line for Philly just kind of took, took one on the head a little bit uh, in this game for sure. I, I, I'm worried about the Eagles defense because look, the offense has been hit with injuries you're yeah. going to get Carson back. But this Eagles defense, and you're right, Tampa's got Deshaun that can run past. At, he can run through anything, right? You got Mike Evans, who is a matchup nightmare. Godwin's a player. And, you know, O.J. Howard's ridiculous. But I'm a little worried about the Eagles defense. Should we be worried? They give up big plays against Atlanta and stiffened in the red zone. What do you see from the Eagles defense? Yeah, maybe just a little too much confidence within, uh, you know, maybe from from Schwartz on just what exactly he could get and get done against uh, the Buccaneers in general. You know, one on one coverage with, uh, you know, without a safety over the top or at least out of out of position. You know, that's 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 not a bad, that's not a smart move when you got D Jack running 
you know, post routes with nobody in front of them. Uh, you know, I, I think the defensive line to me is, is still a problem as far as problems for the opposing team. I mean, you know, they were able to get good pass rush. They, they, uh, they hit Fitzy on several plays and did their part. It's the next level, you know, the covering of those weapons, you know, this, the coverage areas for the linebackers. And then, uh, you know, when the field is actually fully progressed by the quarterback, can, can you get it all covered? Can you, can you have guys in the right place? And now you're talking about communication with seven players uh, when you're going sideline to sideline. You know, most of the time, you don't got four legit guys, four legit weapons with these teams to go to and a quarterback that's kind of on point like that. So I'd say in general, Eagles are going to have an advantage just because of the pass rush itself and helping all that get done. But they kind of got exposed a little bit, like you said, in the passing game for sure this past week. And a lot of times Foles was holding the ball, holding the ball, and, and the thought was here, because we're only watching it on TV, was that the, that the receivers weren't able to get much separation and get open. But there were some people that have watched film and are coming out and saying, no, there were people open, but he just missed it. Now, with Carson back, we wouldn't anticipate that, but did you see receivers open that Foles just didn't hit? Well, you know, listen, it's easy to, to watch a film right, and say, oh, look, this guy's wide open. But, you know, it's all about where your eyes are supposed to go. I mean, if the read tells you to go one place and, you know, the other uh, other receivers open because of his route, I mean, I can't put that on the quarterback. I'm going to trust the fact that Foles knows the system, knows where to get his eyes. I mean, look, the Buccaneers aren't complicated defensively. I mean, you kind of know where everybody's at. They mix some wrinkles in on, on third down packages or whatnot. But, uh, you know, there were some reads that were a little questionable. I broke down a play the other day, and it was basically a simple Mike Blitz uh, where Quan Alexander came up and sacked Foles and knocked the ball out of his hand and it, and recovered from a turnover, but he you know he had two options on that play. He had the the quick releasing route to the right side to the tight end. The, the defensive end ended up dropping, and then he had a hot route. Well, Nelson Aguilar is a hot guy over Quan uh, if he comes. He's sitting right in the hole replacing where Quan Alexander is. And he never gets back to it. He never, he never even comes, uh, it crosses his mind to have that. So, you know, I'd say from a decision process, I think as the game progressed and, you know, you take 12 hits in a game, you start thinking or overthinking or maybe not thinking enough about certain things and you leave some, uh, some plays on the field. And, you know, that, that was obvious, uh, at, at certain points throughout the game. Talking to Anthony, back to our great analyst on the Comcast business hotline, Delco's finest. He's also a wonderful broadcaster. He's going to do Kentucky, Mississippi State on Saturday for ESPN. And uh, so the Eagles have Carson Wentz coming back, as you know. Do you remember a time when a quarterback, particularly a franchise quarterback, is coming off of that kind of injury? Like, what do you expect? What do you expect him to do? There's a fear that he may try to do too much because they're depleted with receivers and running backs. How do you kind of view the Carson coming back situation? You know, I think he's got a little different mindset. You know, when you watch him play, when I was there for the final preseason game uh, versus the Jets, I saw him do a thorough workout on the field and made me think that he was ready to go and play week one. But, you know, you want to get that, that healing that they, they those extra couple weeks that they needed. I'm worried about him trying to do exactly what he was doing last year. I think there's got to be some type of change in his game. And if you change and tweak his game a little bit with the aggressiveness and some of the things that he was doing in the movement part of his game, that that might change the opportunities that came with 
those playmaking uh, movements. I mean, you know, the breaking of the tackles, you know, the diving, uh, you know, the taking the hits and the running and the, and the movement out of the pocket and the things that were kind of made him special. You got to watch now. You just can't go out there and, you know, uh, you got five guys seeking you down and you try to break out, you spin, you take a shot, and then you bounce away. Well, that's all gravy until you take a shot or something happens in the lower body. So uh, he's got to be smart when he's a runner. He's obviously a creator with the football. Uh, but, you know, he, look, he's a big, strong guy. Uh, he's going to have a knee brace on, obviously, coming out the gates. Uh, and, and I think in his mind, he, he's not going to really be thinking about, you know, okay, standing in the pocket, guys coming at me. I gotta, you know, I'm worried about taking a hit. I just don't think that's his DNA, which is good. But I just feel like his DNA refuses to, in, in, in the way he styles, the way he plays, that he doesn't want to kind of be a different kind of quarterback because that's all he knows. And that's what made yeah, him. Yeah, how do you uh, change him? Like, instinctively, Frank Reich uh, was said before he left that, that Carson was um, uh, stubborn when it came to you know, changing or altering his game. I, you know, again, I think it's kind of instinctual. So it's kind of a tough way to tweak, tough thing to tweak. Yeah, it's hard to, you know, it's, it's basically, you know, like, I mean, listen, if you smoke for 30 years, and it's hard to just cold turkey and get out of that. It's just part of what you've been doing. It's, it's a similar weird, uh, I guess, uh, comparison, but that's kind of how it's at. I mean, uh, you know, the, we'll see. You know, I, I hope he goes out there and does tweak his game a little bit. Uh, you know, let's let's see him kind of get more uh, better with the raw skills of the quarterback position. Uh, you know, he is a creator, though. Uh, that's what made him special. I mean, you, you guys, there's, there's I can count ten plays in my head from last season that because of his movement or his size or ability to shake off tacklers, that he made huge plays for this offense. So, uh, can he do that? You know, within the, the frame of the offense, within the actual concept of the play, more than he did last year, and still have the success that they had in 2017. And I want to expand a little bit more on what you said about the Eagles offensive line. Did, did you think they just got manhandled? Did, were they not communicating? Was it schematic? What did you see there? Because that is supposed to be a big uh, positive part of their, of this team. Yeah, you know, I just think it was more individual battles. Uh, you know, I, I just felt like physically uh, one-on-one matchups, you know, GPP, uh, you know, Vinnie Curry, uh, Bo Allen, they just they physically handled the one-on-one matchups, and and that was basically you know you can have one guy lose an individual battle, but when there's two guys on the same play and you're having that on a consistent basis, uh, then you really got no shot. Uh, but again, you know, uh, even with all that being said, you know, Eagles left a lot on the field as far as the opportunities, uh, you know, the self-inflicted uh, uh, mistakes that they made in this football game, but. Uh, you know, to, to get out to kind of start, obviously, first play game kind of shocks you a little bit when you give up that touchdown. But, uh, you know, you kind of didn't take advantage of your situation. But I just felt like it was more the one-on-one matchups, uh, the individual battles. It wasn't about slants. It wasn't about twists or games or, or pressures. It was just about, you know, your guy beat, you know, whipped your ass on that play. And that's what it came down to. And uh, last thing, buddy, I, I, it's a little weird, but – do you remember the the most harrowing hazing situation that you were either in or a part of? Because I'm looking for some ideas. Oh, you mean like as a player and a rookie? Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> uh, you know what, man? Well, we all remember, uh, you know, what, what happened with the Saints. You know, they used to do that. Uh, 
you know, ran the play. They ran a rookie down a long hallway, and these guys had they had quarters and socks, man. Yeah. They, were, they were whipping these guys. I think the craziest thing we we had during you know at least when I was there was you know we used to tie guys uh, tape guys up in their boxers uh, to the to the goalpost, and they used to just dump you know uh, powder and and uh, like uh, the um, icy hot. Cream. Oh and, yeah. Oh, dude. I yeah, they they, put all that stuff yeah. all over. And yeah. It, it, it got to be a mess, but you know, it was nothing crazy. It was. It was a changing time after that. That that Saints incident, man. Yeah. Well, that, that was crazy. Like we, when you're whipping guys with with socks full with change, you know that that was tough. The quarter, <laughs> and they're hitting him in the head, like opening up gashes. Yeah, I guess, like well, that well, was yeah, not the good. tight end Cleveland or whatever got hit in the eye. Yeah, he almost lost his sight. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, and great stuff, brother. You're the man. Always a pleasure, man. Have All right, your weekend. Uber driver's out. All right, buddy. Hey, don't forget, I got a new podcast, by the way. Oh, Good yeah. Plug, uh, Spit and Fire podcast every Wednesday. Uh, it'll be shooting out about 10 a.m. today. Give it a shout. If you like it, you hate it, let me know. Love to have you listen to you guys. Spit and Fire. I love it. <laughs> That's cool, man. Thank you, Ant. You got it, guys. See you. Thanks, Anthony Ant. Beck. That's cool.